We have a 1% down program where the lender kicks in the other two. So there's other ways to, to get into the home if you don't have a lot of money. And there's other ways to get that payment down if we can't make that payment work at the current note rate. So there are other options out there. Don't get down on whether or not you can get approved or you think the payment's too high. Hey everyone, this is Richard Sari with Alliance Mortgage Group. I'm your podcast host for Helping Heroes Become Homeowners. I hope you're having a great day. If this is the first time that you've listened to our podcast, this is where we're talking about the VA home loan, helping veterans and active duty members get the understanding of how that home loan benefit can get them into home ownership. Today, I have a great host or a great guest rather, Donna Magro from Better Home and Gardens Real Estate. Her and I have been working together now for quite a while, right? Yes, long time. Seven, eight, nine years. Yeah, it's, at least. It's been a at long least, time. Yeah. We've seen uh, our kids grow up. Yeah. And now they're out and about in the real world trying to become homeowners. I thank you for being on here with me. So Donna, let's talk about the market that you're in. What's the market doing where you're in right now as far as home prices, marketing time, how long they're, they're on the market for? Things are on the market a little bit longer. And some of that depends on the area, like always. But most things are on the market for longer than they were certainly two or three years ago when they would fly off the first day the sign is up. But they're going and they're going at close to list price. They're not necessarily being discounted like people might think. But the sellers, I think, have gotten much more understanding of the market, too. I think they were back in the two or three years ago when we first started and now everybody's, oh, I get it. So I think everybody's understanding where we are. Are you seeing more of an aggressive list price in the beginning or more reasonable? Yeah, I think based people on in their head have that aggressive list price. And then you're seeing a lot of stuff on MLS price decrease, price decrease. So it's, they're coming down. I don't know why they're not starting there, but they're coming down for sure. Okay. Have you seen less activity in any open houses or anything of that sort to, to see what the consumer's yeah, I mean, thinking about out there? There's not many. There's The open houses are not real fruitful. And that's yep. a lot of its rates. Everybody's got that in their head right now. So they understand that a little bit better and know that we're not going back to 3%. I right. think you'll get, you can educate people, which is what you do. That's going to be a long yeah. time coming, if ever, right? If ever. I mean, but you and I also there's... remember that 6 and 7% was not a big deal. It's only a big deal no. right now because it was 3 but right. 6% is not necessarily, it does limit you in terms of how much home you can buy compared to before, but people are still buying homes and you usually have some way of coming up with something to help them get where they need to be. Let's talk about that real quick. The big topic right now is affordability. What can I afford? What can I not afford? You've got millennials saying they're never going to be able to buy a house. You know, discussions with my son who just moved out of the house this week. Got an apartment, yeah. 900, 900 square feet yeah. apartment. He's paying $1,600 a month in rent yep. Yep. for 900 square feet. Yep. And one of the comments he made to me a couple of weeks ago was, Dad, I don't know if I'm going to be ever able to buy a home. Right. He just already has that mindset. Right. He already has his first job that he's gotten out of school. And even at the yeah. decent rate that he's earning, yeah. when I run the numbers, it would be tight. He can yeah. do it, but it, yeah, would, yeah. it would be tight. And that's at a 7% rate. Yep. Things are tight. So the affordability that I want to talk about to maybe help that, I just got off the phone with the customers, never heard of this phrase, temporary rate buy down. 
I know you and I have talked about that. I've done a handful of these over the course of the last six to eight months. And it, it is what it is. It's a temporary rate buy-down program where we get the seller to contribute or the lender to contribute. And it's going to give them a rate either 1%, 2%, or 3% lower over the course of right. time. Right. So, for example, a 2-1 buy-down is I'm 2% lower than the note rate in year one, 1% lower in year two, and then back at the note rate in year three. So we have some ways to get the payment in the fours, the fives. I did a few loans last year where the start rate was in the high threes. So depending on where rates continue to move up and down, that is something to have a conversation with about your sellers, even your buyers. Yes. Or rather your buyers and even your sellers when you're listing, because if we're wanting to maybe move that house, maybe have to give a little bit up to move it now with the fourth quarter coming in and things traditionally slow down in the fourth slow quarter, down, I think. Right. When I listed a house too long ago and I said to them that you're going to end up having to probably pay some buyer closing costs. And that's just what the buyers have in their head right now. That's just, they're going to go in and they're going to ask for money because they think that is the only way that's going to be able to buy. And for some of them, that is the only way they're going to be able to buy. Absolutely. And sometimes they're not going to have the thing. money. Right. But it's conversations where they may give up on the sale, but they may gain it on the next purchase because that Correct. seller is going to do the same Correct. thing for them. So that's you something that, yeah. that would work. Now, especially for the VA perspective on someone who's buying a home through VA, they're going to have a little bit more affordability than your conventional FHA because VA rates are more aggressively priced. VA guarantees that program by 25%. So VA is making a guarantee on that loan with the lender. So there's going to be a little bit more right. aggressive pricing and rates for those types of buyers. So that is something that from a segment perspective, we should have more VA buyers out there in this fourth quarter moving on that want to purchase homes right. that maybe couldn't because there were so many people out there last right. year looking for property. So something to consider there. So as a realtor, in your area, how competitive do you see it right now? Do we have two offers, three offers, five offers? How many offers are being out there on one property now? You don't see too many fives. Again, it's going to depend on where it is. That's pretty much all there is to it. But for the most part, you're not seeing a lot of multiple offers and certainly not more than a couple. VA has always been an unknown factor for a lot of realtors. Because they see that zero percent, especially three years ago, because people were putting down a hundred thousand or paying cash. That poor VA was kicked to the curb because they didn't understand yep. it. They didn't right. understand it's zero percent, but they're still qualified. What difference does it make? The seller gets the same amount they were always going to get, but some of the uh, the agents are behind the way it yep. used to be many years ago. It hasn't been like them for a long time. But you really do have to educate them. And make them understand that this guy fought for his country. Not the time to kick him to the curb. Let's give him a loan and get him going. Yeah. One of the things we do in our classes is when we talk about the 100% financing, no down payment, that doesn't necessarily equate to a weak buyer. Because when you put the side-by-side -side comparison of credit score, monthly income earned, assets available, you have a conventional buyer using their VA benefit. And that benefit tells you, I don't have to put anything down if I don't want to. So absolutely. And there's a lot of other benefits that if they get forced into a conventional loan or an FHA or conventional, right? They were getting forced into conventional all day long. 
what happens with that veteran though, if they don't get the VA financing up front, is it gives them a less opportunity to take advantage of a refinance right away. Because now they've got to actually qualify into a VA loan with different kind of requirements than if they bought it with their VA loan up front. When we have that opportunity, what I typically try and do is step in, talk to the listing agent, talk to them about the VA loan, let them know a little bit of the misconceptions that are not true about that product and give them a comfortable comfortability of this is a good loan for these folks. So. Yeah, I think a, a lot of folks from the seller perspective, they get that one bad taste in their mouth about the VA home loan on something that happened five, six years ago. And that's all it takes. You may have had a, who knows, peeling a pain or something minor on the appraisal that VA, if it didn't meet the minimum requirements, it has to be fixed and it might be minor, right. but right. in the eyes of VA, it needs to be fixed. And right. who knows, that could have caused whatever issue at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you're doing a VA offer, are there any specific things that you do, negotiating tactics that you do? I know you'll reach out to me to make that phone call to the listing agent, but is there anything in particular when you're having that conversation with the buyer on how you should offer or the traditionally? The yeah, I've had to think them and the fact that I have to educate the listing agent a lot of times. Many times the listing agents are experienced too, and so they get it. And they'll say, oh yeah, I do VA loans all the time. I understand. But a lot of times you don't have that. So that's a matter of just explaining this guy is, his credit's great. He's got, his money is good. This is the lender letter. I have them calling you, as you said, and, and make sure that everything is good. And then I just make them understand that sometimes it's a little harder to get the offer through because of that, but they're, but they're not, I hate to even say it because it's like they're being punished and they're, they shouldn't be punished. There's no reason right. for them to be punished, but that's what it looks like. So let me but, ask you this question. If you had a VA buyer that wanted to put nothing down, but had a hundred thousand dollars in the bank to put something down, do we let that selling agent know that, look, they don't have to put anything down because they've earned the right, but they have X dollars in the bank. Does that maybe help that part of the negotiation or will they come back and ask, why isn't he going conventional then? Probably would come back and ask why, I think. So I'm not sure if I would, I don't know if that's really any of their business, maybe. Right. Well, I agree. Um, yeah. When it was crazy, people were asking. Oh, yeah. I had realtors in the past. I need to know how much they have in the bank. I couldn't really divulge that. No, you no. Know. Yeah, really that's a little that crazy. But I yeah. think that time and this time are really different. It, yeah. it was just wild and maniacal and all that stuff back then where they, they were, it was not the same. Now things are a little bit more of a normal pace. In fact, I had to stop and remember what it was like in the days when you just did normal things. So you have to get yourself regulated to that. But I think everything is moving along okay. I'm so not feeling your... swamped, but I'm moving along and doing okay. When you are wanting to make an offer... And the selling agent may not have a whole bunch of experience in the transaction part of, say it's their second or third, and they want to do a, a conventional loan, VA or FHA. Is there anything in particular that you have to do to help get that contract accepted with a newer agent? Or do you find it easier or harder with an experienced agent? It's easier with an experienced agent. 
pretty much on any of them. I think everybody would love to have your perfect conventional lung with 20% down, but that's not always the case. And I think the fear with VA and FHA versus a lot of places, like you said, are the inspections. Are the, is the inspection going to be just like crazy? Are they going to tell me to replace the roof? And of course, none of that is really necessarily true. They're a little bit harder than a typical inspection, but they're not not that bad. It's just stuff that should be done. But the agents, I- the unexperienced agent, you're going to have issues with no matter what kind of loan it is. You're going to have to discuss it and go over it. But VA right. is probably more. So what I've heard a lot in the last couple of years, even this year, was value mm-hmm. over and over again. VA appraisers appraise less than conventional or FHA. And that blows my mind because you've got an appraiser that's VA certified to do a conventional appraisal and an FHA appraisal, but yet we think he's going to take other companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That misconception is probably the worst one. Right. Because if you've got appraiser A and appraiser B doing side by side, it doesn't matter what kind of financing they're doing. They're going to come up with different value. Right. They just, just like right, roosters do. A, we do too. It's we're an doing opinion of value. Yeah. Now, what they feel each adjustment is on the grid, they may come up with a difference in value. Who knows right. what that could be, but it's not going to be a significant spread no. to kill no. the deal. What you're going to find differently is there might be some minimum property requirements that need to be met. But I right. think in the area that we're Mostly in. Mostly working in, yeah. You're really not going to find that aged of a home. If you do have that age of a home that may have some challenges, like you mentioned, the home inspection is going to point that out or we can work right. that through. That's, that is something that really aggravates me is. Be, and part of it is because back. with the appraisal, we can't promise what they'll do. There's no way we can yes. say, oh, I know for sure that's not going to happen. I want to, because maybe it's never happened, but you have to leave a little bit open and say, I've not had the trouble with that in the past or. Nothing I've worked on lately has had any issues and just let it go. It is fun though, when you have the listing agent who has a little bit of concern about the home and the appraisal. And when that comes in, there's no issues. The eyebrows and eyes is wide open. Oh, I can't believe that. Yeah, there's a lesson it for you. Minimum requirements that you didn't have to worry about to begin with. Just making a, a mountain out of nothing. Well, maybe they've you had know, a bad are... experience with an appraiser. I don't know. Maybe they have. Are we seeing any houses not hitting the list price on appraisals that you've seen here recently at all? No, I haven't had that. No, I haven't. I have. No, I haven't. When some of them, some of them you're doing that buy down. I had one agent that was nervous about one that we were doing a buy, not a buy down. The seller was giving the buyer cash. Yeah. And so the agent actually said to me, do you think we could? You wanted me to change something, the list price, or I don't know what it was. And I said, of course, legally, no, I can't do that. And there's no reason to do that. I think he was worried about the money we would give him the buyer that was going to somehow come off from the appraisal. I said, he gets the contract. They get the contract. They see everything that's going on. So there's nothing you can hide from him, but everything turned out fine. So I think something- Yeah, actually on the appraisal, there is an adjustment grid, so to speak, that is for that particular- Okay. See, I didn't know that either, but I didn't, I've never had it be a problem. Yeah. If it's common for the area, it's going to be mentioned on every, if there's one. In today's market, I'm sure, and you see a lot more contracts than I do. I'm sure in the market today, you're seeing a lot of seller concessions and. um, I am actually, I'm seeing it in certain areas and I'm not seeing it 
in other areas. So for example, I've got a realtor group in Granbury, Fort Worth, that area, that neck of the woods where she gets it every time. If we need it, she can get it, which yeah, maybe she's lucky. I don't know. But right. in that area, it's common. When we were doing loans up here last year, nobody was getting that. They were paying everything, right? Title, right. survey, everything was paid by right. the buyer. No, I think now the pendulum has shifted to where it's normal or maybe we are getting some right. in the seller paid title policy. Right. That's how I know I did. right now is the normal, what I call the normal, where the title, so we're getting the title policy and yep. now you're having to ask a lot of times for concessions in order to work. So. I think the concession conversation might be a little bit easier because of what it's needed for. Correct. It's not really needed for no. all your closing costs. It's needed to help get that rate down, get that payment Correct. down. So that they can afford the home. Right. Absolutely. If I was a seller, I would want that on my next loan. Exactly. Absolutely would want it. If well, we especially the it. ones that are buying and selling. I mean, they understand on the selling side, they're going to have to give in, but they're also going to get when they go to buy. Correct. They get that. Correct. What's the price point that you're seeing right now that's hard to get executed? Maybe takes a little bit more, not finagle, but more touchy, feely with the seller. Is there a particular price point that's easier than others? I think the, the 350 to 450, maybe up to five is still a general range today because I don't know that you can find too much in Dallas for less than 350. Um, yeah. That's pretty much a first time home buyer home now. We don't see a whole lot of issues there. And I haven't personally recently had a lot of over fives to know. A lot of my realtor friends have, and it's just taking longer. It's just taking longer. Instead of maybe two weeks, now it's taken two or three months on some of the larger ones. So, so are those realtors? Are, so, how do those realtors get those houses marketed a little bit differently when it's on the market a little bit longer? First way, doing you, something? Them, you keep seeing them coming down. That's the first thing in MLS I'm seeing price decrease. But they're offering, again, they'll talk about, what's the word, where the buyer, they give the buyer money, concessions. No. They'll talk about yes. concessions and sellers willing, sellers willing to do whatever, really need to sell. All the words that we use in marketing to make people understand we're really ready to wheel and deal without coming out and saying, wheel and deal. You don't right. really want to come out and say, hey, the seller will give you whatever, but I don't think, well, I don't think you guys can, yeah. Yeah. You got to, what's that word? Puffy. Maybe I'm learning puffy some terminology. Yep. Puffy in real estate where you got to advertise it. You know. I love, I've always loved when they say home is priced to sell. I'm like, now what does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> On the market, it should sell. Yeah. But, kind of a gray area. They're all priced so, to yeah, sell. Yeah. They're all they? priced to sell. Yeah. Or they wouldn't be on the market. But anyway. So yeah. And the 350 to 450 and five is like what everybody's looking for. So. There aren't that many houses out there right now in that price range. Sellers don't want to sell because they're like, I can sell my 2.875 that I might have gotten years ago, but now I'm going right. to turn around and pay six or seven. So that's what's causing a lot of people to stay in their homes and why there isn't more houses on the market. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's exactly what's happening. We've got a really great rate on our home. and Yeah, I mean, you know, do I want to sell? Why would I want to sell? Yeah. I would hate, even if I were to move at that low rate, I would maybe want to keep it as a rental property. Yep. And so some maybe a lot have, of people, some people do that. have that mindset too, right? Yeah. That doesn't help. And when you no, have inventory big corporations, you have these big corporations coming in and, and building homes just to rent. Right. 
you know, right. that's another quiet they're issue. Building, they're still building a lot of apartments because there's a lot of people that cannot afford a home. But I think, like you said, there was always a way. You just have to look at it the right perspective. That's why I always have everybody call you first. I don't even want to really get them in my car or do any of that without them going through you and make sure that you've asked all the questions they should. I can ask a lot of questions. Might not mean a thing. But when you get through yeah. with them, you have a much better idea. And you've told me before on some, hey, I don't know, or I'm not sure about that one. And usually you were right. It's much easier. The first thing anybody should do if they're going to buy is talk to a lender. First thing is good. Yeah, I 100% agree. And if you're looking for certain payments on a home, you can do to your blue in the face online. Online is a good starting point to get information, but it's not a good starting point to try and pre-qualify yourself. You got to look in the fine print. What they're advertising on the internet is certain credit score, certain down payment, certain programs. That's not the way to pre-qualify yourself. Get with a lender, have a soft credit pool done, and let's see what's out there. Because if you can't do a VA loan for whatever case may be, there's other programs you can do to get 100% financing. You can do USDA. We have an FHA 100% program with down payment assistance passed on to the lender. We have a 1% down program where the lender kicks in the other two. So there's other ways to, to get into the home if you don't have a lot of money. And there's other ways to get that payment down if we can't make that payment work at the current note rate. So there are other options out there. Don't get down on whether or not you can get approved or you think the payment's too high. The other part of that is you're a broker and going to a broker, which people don't understand the difference. I try to explain. You can do anything. You can reach out to any lender where if you're going to go to your Chase Bank, they have one product and that's it. So... Correct. The broker thing to me is just the, the, the whole deal when you were looking for a home was go to a broker like yourself and you explore all the different options for them. They can't do that themselves and either cannot. Yeah. So we, as a broker, we do have that advantage because we have, I don't know now, 10 or 11 different lenders for all these products we're talking about. We have bank statement programs. We have what's called debt service ratio programs where they just take the gross rent for qualification. There's no income verification. We just need down payment, credit score, and the gross rents from the appraisal. So we have, and we have land loans now. So if you need something, if not us, anyone that you're talking to getting approved, one of the folks you get approved with needs to be a broker. Correct. So if you're approved with a bank and you've been with the bank for years, that's awesome. You have a banking relationship. You may get a little bit of a discount. Not that loan with a broker. No. Because they may have certain things that the bank can't offer. Correct. That's so, yeah, the most important thing. That. Yeah. And people need to ask that question. If they're talking with the lender, they should be talking to you. But if they're talking with any lender, they need to say, are you a broker? And that's a simple question. If they say no, then you need to move along. So I want to give you a quick story. So I closed a loan maybe two weeks ago. And these were first time home buyers. Actually, it was the same day. I had one couple that this was loan number seven. I've known it for years. Yeah. And then this was loan number one for this couple, first time home buyers. And during the closing, after the closing, waiting for the documents to come back from title for their copies so they could go, he was telling me the story of who he talked to before they talked to me. And the one thing that stood out was he talked to Rocket Mortgage. Nothing wrong with Rocket Mortgage. They're a big company. They do lots of things. They're great. However, 
What's funny about it was the first thing that stood out to him that he remembered from their loan officer was, thank you for not using someone local. Oh. Oh. Which stood out to me. First, why you say that? And two, a negative. It tells you the thread of working with a local lender. Right. In the area. Yeah. And that stood out to him. So that kind of pushed him over. Why not work with a local lender? Right. And that's how he got a referral from uh, the friends that I did their loan with. Right. And next thing we're talking about all the first time home buyer products that we have available. Right. So I I just find that, found that strange. But like you said earlier, if you're approved with a bank, a large retail lender that's not local in the state or local in your area, speak with someone local and make sure. And again, some of the listing agents are, I have heard, they're fearful sometimes of a pre-approval letter that's coming from Virginia or wherever. Because yeah. they would rather have someone local to if something we all know if something happens and in real estate, something can always happen. Something happens, you have someone local and you're here. Someone yeah. in Virginia, it's a little hard if it's Friday night or Saturday to get a hold of somebody. I don't know that I never not called you that I couldn't reach you. A different time zone too would whatever. Make that yeah, hard just, yeah. I know I agree. That's not yeah. Absolutely. That was not a good thing for them to say, period. No, it was really surprising why I would even bring that up, but who knows the reason. Surprised they didn't use them, so it didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the guy we did, you know, When we're trying to get people qualified, we turn every stone over. We, we want to yeah. make sure that we're not able to help them now. We're going to tell them why, get them in a plan to get them ready right. three, six months, whatever they need to do and revisit that approval down the road right too if, if things don't work out now you're not never going to hear from us again we're going right. to put a plan together for yeah because you do you do a lot of credit score helping too um yeah. if, if they need- yeah, we give we'll give some solutions we'll get some ideas right. we'll do an analysis and, and try and see what they got to pay off pay down or get removed to right get and not everybody does that and they don't always know what they need to do to get there that's yeah. important and I, I want to thank you for your time. How can people get in contact with you if they want to get a real estate idea of what they could sell their house for or have questions about you? How can they reach you? Donna Magro, Better Homes and Gardens, 972-898-3424. 972-898-3424. I've been a realtor Perfect. for 30 years and so... Richard is not quite as old as me, but um, he's catching up. He's catching up. Anyway, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Absolutely. Oh. And we'll put, a, we'll put your link information on the podcast as well. Okay. So people can reach out to you when we get this thing out there. So Perfect. I want to thank everybody for listening. Again, thank you, Donna, for your time. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. If this episode has been beneficial, we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, for regular updates and tips, make sure to follow our social media channels, which you can find in the show notes. Until our next episode, keep making homeownership dreams come true.